tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It's November 29th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. I've got four briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, the White House's foreign policy of don't has failed again. And in this case, it's about North Korea. We'll discuss that shortly. Second, an update for you on the collapsed border, but not with ours. This one is between Finland and Russia. Third, more Americans are putting their holiday purchases on something called buy now, pay later. I'll tell you why they are doing it. Fourth, two updates for you about hacking and online scams to know about with criminals targeting us from the countries of Iran and Myanmar. Later, a listener question today about a CIA officer who apparently has a preference for Hamas. We'll talk about who she is and, frankly, why this is a pattern with the Biden administration. But first, let's get to our top stories of the morning. Three months after the White House told North Korea don't, that they better not work with Russia to put a satellite into space, well, apparently that foreign policy did not work one week ago. The North Koreans launched a spy satellite into orbit after two previous failures earlier this year. And then yesterday, North Korean state media released a report saying that they have the first images from space with medium resolution pictures of the White House, the Pentagon and various U.S. military bases in places like Guam and Virginia. South Korean intelligence says that the images are likely real, that the satellite is working Although some analysts are downplaying this idea that one single satellite might somehow give the North Koreans any real military advantage, at least for now. Instead, they say, with continued rocket launches with additional satellites, we can then expect that North Korea and its dictator Kim Jong-un will at that point gain better imagery as, of course, time passes with ever more sophisticated satellites and cameras. So that's certainly one part of the concern that, frankly, we should have related to this news. But the bigger concern, I think, is how this successful launch will ultimately benefit North Korea's nuclear missile and delivery program. So to refresh our memories on that, Pyongyang has about 100 or so nuclear weapons, plus some very good ballistic missiles that can hit, well, the entirety of the United States. But those missiles are very fickle things. Rocketry is no easy feat. So they need tests to build confidence and the technical know-how that their arsenal of ballistic missiles will fire successfully if they ever to ever launch them towards America in the case of a war. And that is, I'm sad to say, a real possibility, and in no small part because of the very unpredictable nature of Kim Jong-un. We have public information about this guy, plus leaked intelligence reports, that say that he is first a raging alcoholic and has been since probably the age of 14, He is also a heavy smoker. He is morbidly obese. He takes pills for various health concerns, most especially for his mental well-being. And he is prone to emotional outbursts. In other words, we have a mentally unstable man with missiles and nuclear weapons all aimed at America 
with this morning a new satellite that, if more of them are launched, will help him narrow down his aim with greater accuracy to, well, do us harm. And all of that is certainly enough reason for us all to care this morning. And yet, none of this was supposed to happen. Three months ago, the White House condemned and warned Pyongyang for what the Biden administration said was a growing deal between Kim Jong-un and the government of Russia. Now, the deal involved the North Koreans allegedly sending military weapons to Moscow, mostly artillery shells, and in return, Moscow said they would offer Pyongyang assistance for at least their space or satellite programs. In fact, I briefed you about this back on September 18th, if you missed that episode, with warnings, I said at the time, from the White House that were directed at both Mr. Putin and Mr. Kim that they better not proceed. Well, it appears that they did. So what might we do now about this latest satellite peering down at us? And what does this development say, do we think, about how the world views this White House? Well, to discuss that, let's pivot from facts and data this morning to analysis and opinion. Well, first and foremost, wagging your finger and saying, you better not do that or don't, uh, that's not generally a great strategy in foreign policy. It rarely works with five-year-olds, occasionally with a dog, but not with human adversaries. And that is quite obvious in this case, right? We certainly offered warnings to both North Korea and Russia, but there were no real consequences behind those warnings. And that's important. By the way, this idea of don't as a foreign policy failing, well, we also know that is true with Iran. As I shared with you on Monday, the White House has adopted this policy of don't, but they haven't listened either. We have experienced over 70 attacks so far over the past month on our troops in the Middle East. All right, second, let's talk about North Korea big picture for a moment. And if we are being perfectly fair here, this is a very, very tough issue. We've got a a madman with nuclear weapons, and he is ultimately protected by both China and Russia. But there are options. For instance, you could use covert action to destroy the key buildings or personnel associated with weapons or the satellite systems. That is certainly a possibility. And yet, there is, with what I just mentioned, a, a risk of what we might call blowback, which could be high. In other words, we've got tens of thousands of troops and South Korea, Japan, Guam, and depending on the range of missiles that Mr. Kim might choose, well, it is possible that they could hit us here too, every single American in this nation. But what is also clear is that if you do nothing, you get what we have now, an increasing number of nuclear weapons, more satellites, and better missiles. You also get a world full of adversaries who watch you do nothing with this country, and they believe or perceive then that you are weak. So whatever the solution, folks, we need a president with a pretty strong backbone on this one who chooses some blunt consequences for Pyongyang, right? We have to make them hurt. And then it's true, we have to be ready for the various responses that they may shoot back at us, quite literally. But still, we got to do something because the status quo, folks, just isn't working. And if there were any doubt about that, we have some new uh, satellite pictures to prove it. Next up. We've got a bit of news about those pesky Russians helping not just the North Koreans, but causing problems in their backyard. That's because the border between Russia and Finland is getting locked down this morning, every crossing shut, all because Moscow was apparently pushing illegal migrants across their shared border to, well, create some trouble. 
It's a story I first told you about back on November 20th, with a growing fight between Finland, which is a critical trade partner of ours, and the country of Russia. Now, if you recall, Moscow was not happy about Finland joining the military alliance called NATO just a, a few months ago. And to express their unhappiness, President Vladimir Putin has been sending illegal migrants into Finland over at least the past month as a, a form of revenge. Indeed, about uh, 900 or so migrants have crossed over, some of which have come across on bicycles. That number of 900, by the way, it used to be less than 30 a month in years gone by. And I should also note that the migrants that uh, Putin uh, is sending, they are all from the Middle East and Northern Africa. So now the question is, with the border shut between those two countries, will this affect the crossing of illegals? And that's interesting for a few reasons, but especially because it'll show whether it is possible for a Western power to lock down a border and it actually work. And that could be quite interesting, a great example, as many Americans argue that we should do the same. So let's give this a couple of weeks. I'll give you the update on what happens probably just before Christmas. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. For subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com, thank you. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners, an equal thanks, and we will be right back. Well, fall is officially here, and that means it's time for jackets and sweaters and blankets too. And I'm getting all of mine from American Giant. Yeah, they make clothes and other textiles right here in America. None of that Chinese stuff. Folks, American Giant has it all. Hoodies, polos, jeans, jackets, and yes, blankets. All made in America and all top quality products. And I'm telling you, the moment that you touch this stuff, the second that you put it on, you just know that these products are top shelf. I've got a jacket and a hoodie and they are amazing. And here's the best news from my perspective anyway. American Giant is not just some company making stuff. It's seamsters and cutters and factory workers, your neighbors in towns and cities all across this country who are reopening factories to make you products that you can be proud of. It's about purpose and people, ladies and gentlemen. So do what I've done. Join me in buying clothes from American Giant. And if you do, I'm going to save you a bunch of money. 20% off your first order. Holy cow. So here's how you do it. Go to American-Giant.com. Once you are there, you can choose from their many categories of awesome clothes and products. And when you check out, use promo code RIGHT. That's W-R-I-G-H-T. And you're going to get that 20% off your first order. So what are you waiting for? Come on now. Let's fill up our wardrobes. Get your fall and winter clothes, ladies and gentlemen, right now at American-Giant.com. Just use that promo code RIGHT and get 20% off. So let's go to American-Giant.com and let's make America giant. My friends, for the past few months, you have heard me talk about Jace Medical. It's the company that provides you medication for emergency use like antibiotics. Also, they get you backup prescriptions for things like cholesterol, diabetes, and blood pressure. And here's why I love Jace Medical so much. If you are a farming or a ranching family or you live in the back 40, it is pretty tough to get a hold of a doctor, to travel to the appointment, get the prescription, you fill it, and so forth. But with Jace Medical, all you have to do is fill out a simple online form and in some cases have a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. And then you get the medication right in the mail. You also get ongoing care from Jace Physicians about any treatment-related questions, which is fantastic. In other words, folks, you get peace of mind 
you get convenience and you get an emergency supply of medicines no matter where you are. And that is great for a lot of people, rural families, folks who are traveling, or those of us who might be a little bit anxious these days about our unpredictable world, and you might prefer to have an emergency supply of medicines on hand. And that's kind of smart. So do what I've done. Go to jasemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E, medical.com. Enter that promo code right, W-R-I-G-H-T is the spelling. And when you do, you will get a right report discount. Again, my friends, go to jasemedical.com, promo code right, and get the supply of medicines you need, folks, shipped straight to your door. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our news this morning with a pivot towards domestic events. Well, if you're feeling a little bit squeezed economically this morning, the folks at Bloomberg News want you to know that you've got good reason to feel that way. And here's the key fact that they highlighted yesterday. It now costs you about $120 to buy the same goods and services that just three years ago cost you $100. In other words, inflation. The analysis found that basically every part of our economic lives has been impacted since the year 2020. So let's run through some of those examples that Bloomberg gave us, comparing prices from 2020 to today. So let's start with groceries. That's important. Those costs were up 25% over the past three years, with some areas of the country up 32%. Next up, we've got electricity. That is up 25% nationally, although in California, Nevada, and Maine, your bills are up 40 to 50%. Next up, rents. Those are up roughly 20% nationally over the past three years with regional variability, as you would guess. Also, used car prices up 35%. Same is true for auto insurance, up 35% as well. As for buying a home, mortgage rates, as most of us know, are now at a 20-year high. Plus, home values have jumped 42% nationally over the past three years. And when you put those two things together, it means that most folks, especially younger folks in this country, simply cannot afford to buy a home. Lastly, we are also seeing some pretty dramatic rises in healthcare costs, although there has been a little bit of softening about that lately. The average employer-sponsored health insurance premium as of this morning now sits at $24,000 a year. That is up dramatically from the year 2020. Well, these economic numbers might come as a bit of a surprise to some, especially at the White House. They have been arguing that inflation is coming down, when in fact that's not true. It's still rising, just not as fast as years gone by. The other misconception that was discussed by the folks at Bloomberg yesterday is that some say that wages are keeping up with inflation. But that's not true either, especially when you look at after-tax or real wages. In other words, there are some pretty serious economic headwinds still facing this country, and perhaps that helps explain this. On Black Friday and Cyber Monday of this week, a record number of consumers use something called Buy Now, Pay Later. These are services like Klarna and Affirm. And the use of these two organizations and other companies, they are up about 20 to 30% so far this holiday season. The ultimate number is expected to rise substantially by the time that Christmas ends, all because of these economic headwinds. Next up, folks, some alarming news that we should think about regarding hacking and online scams this holiday season. We have two pieces of news to discuss from over the past week with two very different adversaries that we need to know about. The first is Iran. 
Last weekend, an Iranian group called Cyber Avengers claimed credit for hacking a water system in Beaver County, Pennsylvania. The good news is that the water quality was not affected, but federal and state authorities are investigating how these hackers ever gained access to the system in the first place and whether they may have buried other hacking tools further into the utility's computers. By the way, I should tell you, this is an ongoing pattern by Iranian adversaries or hacking groups who try to gain access to critical systems in this country, and they've been able to do so over the years, including a small dam back in the year 2013, plus various electricity systems throughout this country in the years since. Next up, we have another unusual adversary to talk about this morning when it comes to things like online scams, and it's the country of Myanmar. Now, this news is connected to the brief that I gave you last Wednesday, which was focused on how the military government in that Southeast Asian country was under attack by a coordinated rebel assault. And those rebels named it Operation 1027. As I shared with you, that rebel operation was almost certainly organized and encouraged by China. We discussed that it could be one of two reasons for why Beijing did that. First was to gain more permanent access through Myanmar to the Indian Ocean, bypassing the troubled waters of the South China Sea. Or the second possibility was crime and lawlessness on their shared border with, of course, Myanmar. Well, we are getting a bit more news about that latter issue, the crime. And incredibly, it might involve someone that you know or love. So here's what we know. The BBC and the South China Morning Post are reporting that tens of thousands of people have been kidnapped by four key Chinese mafia families and sent to compounds in Myanmar. Once there, these victims are forced to operate cyber scams. And here's how it works. So these mafioso will advertise for legitimate sounding jobs all throughout Asia, then conduct interviews in those many countries. The successful candidates will then be offered very good jobs that sound quite legitimate, and then they will be flown to either China or Myanmar. Now, once there, these candidates have their bags taken by corporate staff, allegedly, and they surrender their passports. But then these new staffers are dropped off in armed compounds in Myanmar, and they are told in no uncertain terms that they have a choice. They can either work as cyber scammers or they can die. And at that point, the people are then usually choosing life. They are then locked up and made to sit at computers targeting people in this country and in Europe to get them involved in cryptocurrencies and other online investments, all of which end up being scams, actually. And that scheme, I should tell you, has led to thousands, tens of thousands, actually, of folks being kidnapped. And that is what led China to give their permission to these rebel groups to launch that Operation 1027. Right? They are now attacking the military government in Myanmar because China feels that they weren't properly responded to by this military government regarding these many cyber scam compounds. With that, let me pivot now from those facts and data to my analysis and opinion. First, I want us to step back and think about big picture how China reacted to Myanmar, right? In other words, they had an unhelpful government on their border that was not cracking down on the gangs and the mafias, despite the fact that China asked repeatedly. And so what did Beijing do? They authorized and coordinated a rebel assault against that country's leadership. And the point was very clear. Mess with us, ignore us, and we will crack your skulls and we will throw your government out. And that is quite different than what we are doing with, say, Mexico this morning, isn't it? Or North Korea or Iran. Indeed, as we discussed today, we are instead wagging our finger and saying, don't 
It's almost comical to see the difference between how China is handling their problems and what, frankly, we are doing. Second, folks, it's quite clear that we live in a world that is increasingly connected. Everything from our water systems to our online banking or crypto accounts. And in some cases, we might even be connected to places like Myanmar. But I'll tell you, these two events this morning coming to us from Iran and, yes, Myanmar, they are gentle reminders, I think, that these systems that we use are deeply vulnerable. And, eh, frankly, you'd be wise to have an offline life. In other words, you might want to have a backup supply of things like water and food and medicines just in case Iran or Myanmar or any other knuckleheads out there think that the, the time is right to shut off this spigot, quite literally, in places like Pennsylvania. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. It's a listener question today sent to us from one of my paid subscribers at rightreport.substack.com. Nick in Arlington, Virginia wrote in, and like a lot of other folks yesterday, he flagged for me a pretty shocking development out of the CIA. A senior analyst at the agency changed her Facebook profile about a month ago to include a picture on her homepage of a man waving a Palestinian flag. She also had other arguably pro-Palestinian content on her Facebook deal there that she had posted. But it's the picture that first caught the media's attention. And that's because it has been used mostly in anti-Israeli articles and videos over the past month. And just to emphasize, she uploaded that two weeks after the Hamas terror attacks. So this story came out from the Financial Times late on Monday, who declined to name this woman after the CIA said that, well, they feared for her safety. Well, another newspaper was not as persuaded by that CIA argument, and they outed this gal nonetheless. But what's incredible about this story is that this woman was not some low-level analyst or employee. She was a senior officer. She was the director or former director of the president's daily brief for a time, the actual PDB. And that means that she was privy to the nation's most sensitive information and most critical operations. So Nick and others wondered, what are we to make of this? It seems bad. Well, yes, Nick and others, it is bad. But let's uh, first start with this. CIA employees are absolutely welcome to have whatever personal or political views they want. But there are certain red lines that one cannot cross. One of those includes support for or an affinity for a terror organization, obviously. And that should have been discovered either during the initial screening process or during the ongoing investigations that usually involve polygraphs. But that aside, what should happen now immediately is that she should be put on administrative leave and there should now be a new updated investigation and follow on polygraph, which I should just say that is not a perfect tool, but it can be helpful. The question, though, Nick and others that I wonder is this. Will this updated investigation actually happen? Now, sadly, I don't know. And that's because the current CIA director is not exactly a man of honor. For folks unaware, he spent evenings with the child sex offender Jeffrey Epstein before he was ever CIA director. Indeed, he spent multiple evenings at that home where young girls were being trafficked. But putting this dishonorable, disgusting, grotesque man aside, I'm frankly not surprised at all at the idea that there might be partisans or even terrorist sympathizers at the CIA. And here's why. 
The last CIA director under a Democrat president was John Brennan. That guy used to be a communist, actually, admitted it. But he said that he got reformed back in the 1980s. But apparently he never never regained or reformed his love of this country because starting in the year 2017, he spent the next four years on television telling this nation that there was a classified set of documents that confirmed that former President Donald Trump is a Russian traitor. And that, of course, was a lie. And he knew it. Indeed, he knew that it was all cooked up by the Hillary Clinton campaign and then recycled in the media and by him and others. But Brennan shared this big lie anyway, and he did it repeatedly for years, all because, as he now says, he is a staunch supporter of both Miss Clinton and the Democrat Party. So with that very specific man as the head of the CIA, knowing that he set the tone and the hiring of people from the year 2013 to 2017, how can we possibly be surprised that one of the people that he hired under his watch might be a partisan or, God forbid, even a terrorist sympathizer? And perhaps most shockingly, how can we be surprised that such a person has become such a senior officer who shapes what our policymakers hear about global events to include the actual PDB? Well, we can't be surprised, can we? And that's why some of you have written to me over the past year or so and said, Brian, Let's just burn that place down. We don't need the CIA anymore. It's too risky. Get rid of it. And events like this, well, unfortunately, they just give fuel to that fire. But I will tell you, this is not the only example that we should be discussing this morning and thinking about regarding these kinds of personnel at very senior positions. There is an Iranian woman who is under investigation this morning for her ties to the government of Iran, and yet she serves at the Pentagon specifically as the chief of staff for the assistant secretary of defense for special operations. And to be clear, there is public email evidence that suggests that she has served as an agent of influence for Tehran. So she's still there, though. Incredible. Outrageous. So let us ask, will that Iranian officer ever get properly investigated and tossed out? Or will this CIA officer, who is apparently a fangirl of Hamas, Will she ever get fully investigated and tossed out? I don't know. It's hard to know, isn't it? When we have friends of Jeffrey Epstein who direct our most sensitive government agencies. Folks, these are not men of honor. They do not love this country. And that is why, to Nick and others who wrote in, I am so fond of saying this over and over. This next election is so important. We need a new captain of our ship, someone who is going to clean house and restore this nation, or otherwise this whole thing just goes down in flames. Of that, I am sadly convinced. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.